Hello, welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast, where we research life so you don't have to. Episode 122, this is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. And this is Kyle. Nice, you learned. Bam! Beautiful. Smartest man alive. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yep. And uh, Mimi already wants to play. Yep. Um, awesome, splendid. You guys will hear a lot of Mimi in the background, so... I will just try to ignore her and not get her all riled up. Smart. Yep. Very, very smart. Sean, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today, Sam? You're the one asking the questions. I am asking the questions, but you gave me the topic to ask the questions on. Kyle actually gave the topic. Kyle, what are we talking about today? We are talking about flipping houses. There we go. And questions regarding flipping houses. Pretty much. Don't know what the questions are, but Sam... Yeah. Apparently has a list. I uh, came up with some questions on the fly. So I literally made these half an hour ago. So we'll see how it goes. It better be good. <laughs> it better be good. Wow. Do you have no faith in me? No, I got a little bit. Okay. So, okay. What types of flips do you two do? Flips, mainly single family homes. Um, we take houses that are, you know, they're previously lived in by hoarders or just they need too much work to where the owners don't want to keep up with that work and then they want to get rid of it and we get the house at a discount for that reason and then we do all the updates necessary make it look pretty make it function pretty usually a lot of new appliances new um you know half the time we do new furnaces ac units um just everything to make the house perfectly livable again and look a lot better than what it did before. So do you do uh, like lower, medium, higher? Usually the flips we're doing range uh, with their uh, after repair value, so the ARV, usually around 150 to 250, 150,000 to 250,000. Oh, that's what you wanted to sell for? That's our, yeah, okay, after better. repair value is in that range. So what, what would you consider that? Medium? Low? Uh, that's probably, that's entry-level house. Entry-level housing. Yep. In the area. There's no... Lo- how much, okay, how much work low. do you put into these houses? A lot. So would you call them me- low, medium, or high Oh, like flips? the amount of flip. Oh. There you go. We got there. Medium to high, usually. Okay. So it's not like quick turnarounds for you two? Mm, we've had some, but usually not. Uh, so you do both. You flip for rentals and you flip for sales. sales. Right, okay. like you flip some to keep them as rentals. Yeah. You flip others to sell them. Correct. So how do you determine what you're going to do with a house? Mm. I want to answer this kind of. Yeah, I guess we just run numbers and see if it'll be profitable for us to rent and if we, you know, if it'll appreciate and if it's not going to appreciate, if we're not going to get, you know, what we want for rent to make it profitable and doable, then we just flip it, have somebody uh, live in it. Otherwise, if we're going to, you know, make enough money on it to pay the mortgage, pay everything, then, um, yeah, we'll keep it as a rental. But we tend to want to stick to the multifamilies for rentals just 
you know, numbers are a lot better on multifamily. But yeah, if the if the price is right, I guess. Yeah, most of the single families we just sell because we were gonna do burring with some of them and hold some, but it doesn't make a lot of sense compared to selling it, taking that profit, and rolling it into a multifamily. Because mm-hmm. the multifamily just gives you so much more protection. Right, and with those it's nice because you can uh, like evict one tenant, fix up that apartment, rent that out, evict the next tenant. So you're Correct. still getting income on those multi-units, but not Correct. on the single families. Yep. That makes right. sense. So how? what's the best way to find these houses? How do you find them? <clears throat> so we were doing mailers. We were doing mailers a lot, sending, um, like going, finding properties um, that are distressed and sending letters to them. We started just making lists in neighborhoods and sending letter t- letters to them. Um, we could, we can cold call. We have cold called, but we don't do a lot of it or much of it. Probably should do more of it. Um, lately, how we've been getting most of our stuff is just word of mouth or wholesalers. So someone finds property, wholesales it to us for a fee. That's probably our number one way we get properties. Then our second way is just word of mouth. People are like, hey, there's this property. Are you interested? Yeah, I don't think we actually got a property that we've found since, I don't know, February maybe, whenever yeah. that first house was. Yeah. Everything since then has been just word of mouth and people finding deals for us. Right, yep. Which we give them a fee, and then they're like, oh, cool, we'll find you another one. Yeah. So we get more fees. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it works out good, that Rob. So how much money do you need to start a flipping company? I mean, either a good chunk of money or a good line of credit so that you can, you know, survive off that. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on how high of a level of flip you're going. Depends if you have another job, how fast you can turn it around and stuff. If you can work there, if you need to hire everything out. Um, there's a lot of things that come into effect or, you know, play Mm -hmm. a role in that. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're doing the work, you're probably going to need around $5,000 in tools. If you're going to do the work yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you're going to need a truck or a trailer and something to haul it, you know? So whatever that price is, um, we used my $8,000 truck at first and I upgraded trucks just because I got some bigger trailers. Um, but actually, before that, we had a van. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a $2,500 van that we had our $5,000 worth of tools in. So we had our whole like setup for 7500 bucks. So really, that's all you need to start out. Yeah. So, and that was before we had a dump trailer. Yeah. So you could just get a dumpster Shorter for all dumpster. your cleanouts, all your materials like that, all your junk. Yeah. Um, so you really don't, I mean, you don't have to have a big truck and trailer. You can mm-hmm. get by with a minivan if your tools will fit in the back of that. Oh yeah. And then um, a trailer to haul materials. Yep. Hmm. Or when you're at Menards, rent their truck for 1995 or yep. whatever it is and 
all your materials that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you could really get away with, you know, not having a ton to start flipping. Yep. But then you obviously need, like, the money to buy the house. So then that's where it gets expensive. So you need the money to put the down payment down to get the house, which you usually need. Average, you need 10 or 20%. We get it at 10%, but typically... If you haven't built a relationship, you need 20% down mm-hmm. for whatever you're purchasing. Um, so if you're buying a $100,000 house, you need twenty grand just to get just to get the house. Mm-hmm. And then the all your materials to make it better, which typically 20000 or more if you're, <sighs> depending on how bad the house is. Dude, you're, we, yeah, 20000 easy. Yeah, because one house we thought, oh, this... We'll maybe have ten thousand into this house because it really needs hardly anything. Yeah, we hit twenty thousand very fast. So we ended up that whole budget for that project, that whole budget for that project that we're like, ah, probably like around ten grand. Whole budget for the project. This includes paying labor for ourselves and another helper. Uh was forty thousand dollars. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah. So it goes very fast. It goes extremely fast. All the work yourself obviously that's you know less there, there was over there was over ten thousand dollars in labor and yeah. mileage in yeah. that you know so if you're doing it yourself sure you're gonna be down to 30 maybe twenty eight thousand. Mm. but yeah it's uh it adds up fast especially like this is what you don't necessarily think about appliances on a new, on like a good property that you're flipping to put new appliances in, you're just guarantee you're going to be in at like four grand for appliances. And that's like a huge thing that you're not even thinking about is like four grand for appliances. Do you have to get new appliances? Mm, you don't have to. I mean, you definitely don't have to, especially in like a lower end flip. You don't have to. Do you think it makes a difference? Well, the last few properties we did, we made we we tried to bring up to a level of almost brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted it turnkey. You walk in, holy shit, everything's been touched in here. We don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's what we did. And so we put appliances in both of those, all new light fixtures, all new outlets. Um, Floors through the whole thing. Floors which, through the whole house. When you do a whole floor, that that gets pretty expensive. Yeah, twelve hundred to to figure out like what a flooring price is. Um, just do for materials. Do like two fifty, two dollars fifty cents a square foot for flooring. Just for materials. Just for materials, and then uh, two dollars for labor. If you have someone else do it, and if you have to have them put subfloor down and stuff, and add another fifty cents. Um, so yeah, a good baseline is like five bucks, five, five bucks, bucks a square, square foot, foot for flooring. And so you got a 1200 square foot house, um, six grand boom right there. You're, you're in $6,000 just to get your floors done. Oh wow. And then, um, uh, painting, painting. I don't know the exact per square foot. I think it's around, um, can you see your phone real quick? keep talking do other things um do you prefer like for just a person starting out do you think they should pay themselves for labor or no just to keep like cost down 
Um, I guess it really depends if you have another source of income or not. Um, yeah, I guess it ideally you'd have another source of income so you wouldn't have to pay yourself as you go. But, you know, if you have like a HELOC, a line of credit, um, it might be beneficial to pay yourself as you go so that you're virtually, you know, getting a paycheck while you work on, on the house. And then once you sell the house, you can pay your HELOC back on the labor that you... Um, Charge the route? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is best for someone starting out? I think you should keep track of your time to see what it costs. Mm -hmm. I'm very big on not paying yourself at first. Um, so I would say don't pay yourself, but track what it would cost to have somebody else do it. And so you get a sense of what your time costs. Um, because most likely people starting out are probably not going to just quit their job and just do this. Right. Right. They'll probably be having other income. Yeah. Also, big thing to track is your holding costs, um, how much you're paying in interest on your mortgage, how much your property taxes are, how much your insurance is, um, and your utilities. So you'll have, you know, if you're taking this nice and slow, just getting in and doing one flip, say you hold it for nine months. Well, you got nine months of property tax. You got nine months of interest on your mortgage. You have nine months. Well, and you got to pay your principal payment too. So, I mean, that's going to take a pretty big hit. Grand, it pays down, but that's still like a, a hit you have to incur during, you know. Yeah, um, yeah insurance and utilities. utilities. That's got to be like 15 grand for like a house here, right? If you held it for nine months. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Well, and, and to piggyback on that, if you are paying yourself as you go, then you have your HELOC interest on top of all that stuff for that nine months. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. So, e yeah, either way, you're getting that money back as long as, you know, you ran your numbers, due diligence, and the deal makes sense. But it's just, do you want to pay more in interest? Do you want to pay yourself as you go, pay, you know, pay more interest or just take all the money at the end and recover that way mm -hmm. yeah i didn't even think about the fact like if you were taking it slow how much money you kind of lose dude so with our one property that we have is an airbnb now mm -hmm. 460 square foot home it needed pretty much a full revamp oh yeah that thing was bad <clears throat> i think into a 462 square foot house we put uh, i think it was like sixty thousand dollars into that no, 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 no. That's way off 30,000. Mm -hmm. 30,000 plus, yes, we got about 30,000 into that, into a 460 square foot home, right. 30 grand. Um, <clears throat> but the thing with that one was we held it um, because it was such a small house. We were just like, oh, we'll just get to it when we get to it. We held that without finishing it. Our hold time was one year. So it took us one year to do that project. So we had to pay mortgage for a year, insurance for a whole year, property taxes for a whole year, and utilities for a whole year for it to sit there. Um, and so what we calculated at the end of that, it would have been cheaper. It would have been cheaper for us to hire a construction company, you know, like vetted companies and hired some at decent uh, labor rates 
to have just done the whole project for us. It would have been cheaper to do that than, than to, hold to hold it. it for a year. Yeah. Oh wow. So I, I didn't realize you had it that long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And so it's just fun to do at the end of it. I calculate out. I was like, wow, that was the biggest waste of damn. Time money. And money yeah because we could have had a construction company come in had it done in three months instead of a year um and it would have been bringing in income instead of taking away income because you're not only thinking about that but you're thinking about like that one in particular as a rental that's nine months of rent at a minimum of 800 dollars a month we missed out on so just right there that's 7200 backwards Plus the holding costs were $10,000. So we could have paid a company $17,200 in extra labor costs. And we still had to pay ourselves for labor at $40 an hour for mm-hmm. labor. So <clears throat> $40, an hour for labor. So then we charge out at $50 when we go work for other people. We do it for $40 for ourselves, mm-hmm. just so people understand. Um, so we really could have paid a company um a lot and for the two months that we spent working on that that's two more months where we could have had another deal completed so actually we could have had one already completed by a company we could have had another one done yes yeah instead we just got one done instead of two (laughs) right yep and paid an extra seventeen thousand dollars for it yep yeah dude pretty crazy It, it yeah Yep. It doing this is a lot of trial and error and it really, really makes me think how crucial the management of everything is. Um and how like less important being on site getting work done is compared to like the overall management of a project and how to make it flow. Yeah, because if it's not flowing then like that property just wasting Wasting time, not seeing where the money is being wasted, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, losing a lot of time and money in the process. Hmm. I never like I didn't actually really consider how much money you lose just from a house sitting there. Bad. It's the same. Right now, we're having some issues with some vacancies in our properties and our rentals, yeah. and. Um, just in the last three months, Sam and I have missed out on $6,000 in rents because our shit's not rented out. Um, so that, that gets you a little irritated cause there's no reason the vacancy should be going on right now in this market. That one sucks even more because it's like not really up to us. Right. Cause yeah, we signed a contract with a management company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the vacancy and holding is significant. So we missed out on 6,000 in income. So by us missing out on 6,000 in income, the opposite sway is we have to pay that mortgage out of our pocket now. And it's not being paid from that in- that income. We have to pay the insurance because it's not being paid from that. So we're not just out 6,000. We're out 6,000 plus mortgage on two properties, insurance for three months on two properties, taxes, for three months on two properties fucking dude it is bull it's bad mm-hmm. and there's no reason for it because eau claire has a short shortage of apartments so there's no reason that they're vacant yep but anyways that's not what we're talking about today <laughs> um so do you do different things between houses that you're selling compared to houses you're going to rent or keep as rentals go ahead kyle um yeah so flooring is a big thing um, 
if we're flipping a house, we'll do whatever flooring is best for that house. Um, sometimes the underlayment or the um, the subfloor isn't, you know, very nice. It's solid, good enough, but it's not, you know, perfectly flat. So we'll do more of a thicker tongue and groove sort of flooring. Um, but for a rental, we like to do the new subfloor perfectly flat glue down flooring on top of it because for a rental if something happens to some flooring the glue down flooring you can pull up that one piece put a new piece down and you're done um, with the tongue and groove flooring if something happens um, then how are you going to replace that one piece because it's clipped in on all four sides so you basically have to pull your floor all the way up to that one piece put a new piece in go all the way down but um how do floors actually get damaged? Hardly ever, but, um, you know, it happens. Mm -hmm. And then appliances. Um, for a rental, it's nice to have new appliances because then they're not going to go to shit. If you have old appliances in there, you never know. It could be a couple months, could be a few years. You don't know how long they're going to last. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do you put new appliances in your houses you sell to, though? um some of them yeah. yeah some of them i suppose you have recently because you said you've been doing kind of more like it depends on turnkey, the nice looking ones yeah it depends on the level of house we just sold a house one of the houses we just sold was a hundred forty seven thousand dollar house um and we just left the the old appliances in it because it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar house right um but we sold one that was complete turnkey for 180 um and that we did new appliances um, another one that was over 200 new appliances. So, yeah, it really just depends on the caliber of house. Yeah. And it depends on how nice the appliances are in there to begin with. Yeah. Because a couple of the houses had decent appliances, so we kept them. And just and cleaned just, them up. Yeah. Otherwise, half the time the appliances are the cheapest, you know, electric coil range, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. The mm -hmm. ugly white that are 30 years old, so... New appliances make sense for that. Coil tops are so good for rentals, though. Coil tops are the way. Ugh. Um, and we do um, we do pretty much the same paint. We have one color of paint we use pretty much for our, our flips or our um, they all look rentals. Decent. Just crushed ice from Sherwin Williams. We're using in the new house too. Yep, in our house too. Love that color. I do love that color. Um, just make it simple. Paint everything the same color, and then. I suppose because then, like, especially with your rentals, if they're all the same color, if you have to do touch-ups, you probably have 10 extra cans Fuck, in your trailer yeah, or right, yeah. at the shop or wherever. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. And our painters right now, they go to Sherwin-Williams. So it's really nice because they just go to Sherwin-Williams. They charge my account and put the address mm -hmm. on it for the paint they're getting. So they just go there, grab the paint they need, charge my account, put the PO, and then they go paint for us and leave whatever's left over there. Oh, nice. Um, super simple. We only get one type of ceiling paint and we get one type of wall paint. So that's the only thing that gets ordered on our account. That's really cool. Yep. Um, so do you prefer, like, do you think it's better to have employees or just use subcontracts, subcontractors? Depends on your size. Depends so, on how serious you want to take it. So, like, right now you use a lot more subcontractors? Yeah. Um, Do you want employees? 
Yeah, it depends. Like, uh, depends on where we go with it. But if we're going to scale, employees is going to be for sure the route. Um, yeah, agreed. Because then you have full control over it. You can go in. You don't have to wait for people. If we have employees, the only people we're going to be waiting for is possibly drywall, painting, electrical, plumbing. But all other interior construction, exterior construction would be employee-based on our end, which would be phenomenal. You wouldn't have your employees do painting and drywall? No, not worth our time. Really? Drywall, maybe drywall. if they're good. Painting, the guys Dude, that we hire do it so fast and so cheap. They're so good. They're so fast. The, and the thing is, it's not even like it's not even necessarily cheap. They're just so fast at it that it's cheaper for us to pay them that than it is to pay ourselves hourly because we're nowhere near as efficient as them. Right, right. It's the same thing like um, our friend Matt does windows. Sure, I could change out my own window. It does not make sense because it takes me so much longer than it takes Matt. So it's so much easier for Matt to come in because he does it every single day to come in and change out that window than me try to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think is the most important thing to like update like is there one thing that like truly makes a house stand out like especially if you're gonna sell it kitchen definitely right kitchen 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 and baths kitchen and bathrooms i would say are your two biggest because bedrooms are nothing they're just like bleh, they're right. whatever but you have you're... some trim around some windows baseboard and a ceiling fan and a yeah and floor yeah paint. but yeah like as far as a kitchen that's a kitchen and the main bathroom are where you're spending the majority of your time and the majority of your money those are like the most oh they're the most expensive, expensive things and the kitchen basically right when you walk in a house it's almost always the kitchen so what do you see right when you walk in the house yeah. boom awesome nice kitchen perfect so do you prefer buying new cabinets or refinishing them that depends um because you've done both yes we have done both um when we do refinish, we've done like the navy blue, like the darkish blue, and those always look super nice. Because um, I was talking to the cabinet people, and they were saying that blue is like the most expensive color of cabinet. Mm -hmm. So when we refinish, it's like, hey, let's do blue, because the paint's going to cost us the same, but it's, you know, the most expensive, so... Um, yeah, it depends. Some projects, the cabinets are, you know, kind of built onto the house. And it just makes sense for that to sand them down, prime them, paint them, and you have really nice looking cabinets. Um, some of the houses, if the cabinets are standalone, they're damaged, sometimes it's easier just to pull them out, put new ones in. If you need to change the layout, then you get you know, like a cabinet guy in there to measure, build you a nice layout, or do it yourself on the, you know, Menards has like a cabinet building system, and it works out pretty well. But, um, yeah, it just depends if you want like a a new layout or something. Usually new layout is when we get new cabinets. Other than that, we tend to refinish because it's easier, but new layout, basically always new cabinets. Sean wanted to refinish the cabinets in the new house um but thankfully we had to change the layout so mm -hmm. we have to get new ones so happy mm -hmm. the other ones are so gross i don't know what it is but like 
if the insides of the cabinets are gross, I like am forever going to be grossed out putting my stuff in them. Mm. Ugh. The ones at Corona, those ones, they didn't clean the inside of the cabinets. Mm. And they had a cleaning company go through, but they obviously missed the inside of the cabinets. Right. So I had to put, um, I one scrubbed them with like Lysol wipes. And then I got the, uh, those like sticky, kind of sticky, grippy mm-hmm. things that you put in like bottom of drawers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to put those in there too because I was like, I can't have my dishes touching these nasty ass cabinets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when I refinish, I. I do every inch of the cabinet I can. I pull all the doors out, or all the doors off, drawers out, pull all the hardware, sand all the faces, take, like, um, scuff pads, scuff up the inside, which also removes all the dirt, vacuum everything good, wipe everything down, so, and then paint insides, outside. So, basically, it's, you know, it's not brand new cabinets, but oh, all, so all the surfaces are clean and everything. You paint the insides of them. Yeah. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, because yeah, we pull off the countertops. Yeah. Mm. So you paint and it's just a lot easier to, I think it's a lot easier just to paint the inside rather than tape off all the faces. Oh, yeah. So that no paint goes in it. That's so true. Yeah. Damn. Just a little easier for a quick clean on the inside and then just spray the inside. Yeah, it takes a little extra paint, but... You don't have to spend hours and hours taping off the inside and then, you know, sure, the front looks good, but you open up a door and you're like, oh, kind of looks like shit in there. They still have this floral contact exactly. paper in the bottom of the drawer. I would say one thing with refinishing, though, that we should figure out is the drawers don't slide as good because of the... Oh, the layer of paint. The layer of paint. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we could almost just touch, like, the top and bottom rails mm-hmm. with sandpaper mm-hmm. afterwards right so that slides better yeah but also some of them that we we refinish don't have like the drawer slides. glides yeah. it's just wood on wood so yeah in that situation yeah you'd want to clean up the you know rails or not yeah because a lot of it rides on yeah the, a lot of the old built built-ins are just wood to wood right it's so crazy to think about I don't know why, but, like, that just seems like one piece of technology that is very weird we, like, changed. Like, who decided, you know, we should put these on, like, metal rails instead of just wood on wood. I don't know, but I thank them because it is so much nicer. It is a lot nicer. Kyle, isn't it your house that uh, some of your, like, drawers and cabinets are soft clothes and some aren't? Um, yes. So the house was built, the kitchen was a... It's an L-shaped kitchen, then it has an island. Um, the, the Whoever lived there before me must have... Or they got new countertops, like granite countertops. And they added two sections of cabinets onto the island so they could have this massive island. Was it like six foot by five foot? Yeah, the thing's or huge. five foot by five foot? I don't know, huge island. So the cabinets that they added to the island were soft clothes. Hmm. Hmm. But the rest of the kitchen is not. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Does I'd, that annoy you? No, you not at all. I'm just yeah. so used to it. It doesn't uh, even bother me. You um, can get, like, the just the hardware for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not that ambitious. and Mm-mm. I'm just so used to not having them that it doesn't bother me. If I was, if I moved into a house, if I was living in a house with soft clothes for years and I moved into one without, 
Sure, it would probably change the hardware, but I've never lived in a house with soft clothes, so it doesn't bother me at all. Makes sense. That's just so funny to me. Anyways, uh, is consistency a good thing, like, throughout a house? What do you mean? Like, making sure all, like, the wall colors are the same, the trim's all the same. Flooring, I feel like you can have different because, like, bedrooms, a lot of people have carpet and stuff. Um, but do you try and make them pretty consistent throughout? We do for, like, outlets and fixtures. Um, oh, do you match all those? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, but, every house we do gets new outlets, light switches. And fixtures. I. And fixtures, yeah. That is one thing that I think is, like, a super important detail that not a lot of people notice. And it's so fucking or cheap. Or, like, do, I should say. It's so cheap to do. Um, White outlets and switches just look so much better. Because either way, pretty much every house you go into is going to have, like, that off-white sort of creamy light switch, light cover, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. You pull off the covers anyway to paint. Why not spend the extra little bit of time and 50 cents for the outlet to just, boom, change it out? You have a nice new outlet, nice new cover. Mm-hmm. Everything matches because those ones that are in your house for 10, 20, 30 plus years, they get all grimy. They get, you know, they just look gross. You can't you can't mm. just put that back in there. You have this fresh paint job, nice fresh house, and then you have this ugly outlet ugly light switch gross grimy Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much you're looking at like one dollar for material per switch and 10 minutes of labor and you just just worth it yeah so that that we're pretty consistent with um we're consistent with colors we try to be consistent with floors um Unless it's like we'll do carpets in bedrooms, um, but we try to do like the same type of floors throughout the house, uh, hard floor surfaces. Um, but then one thing that's pretty tough to match is trim um, because you trimming out a whole house is super expensive and time consuming. And so if most of the house is good with trim or over half the house is good with trim, we we'll just try to do a similar type of trim to it. We don't try to redo that because you get you really open up into a can of worms when you start fucking with trim. Yeah, look at our house for example. Yeah, dude. Honestly, oh, that was the biggest mistake that Sean and I did. Yeah, we wanted to have matching trim throughout our whole house. Biggest fucking mistake <laughs> ever. We should have just put the trim that we took off back on, or even like um, just. Because we could have very easily matched some of it with what you could get at Menards. Yeah, we just we just really weren't thinking. Yeah. So now we're in a situation where I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah, it really depends on the age of the house, too, because the older houses have that big, tall, 1x8 trim and with all the, like, colonial stuff on top of it. and It's just too hard to try to match all that, so you just kind of do your best and put decent looking stuff in the in the rooms that you have to tear apart in the newer houses all the trim is you know basically the same anyways and if it's a newer house chances are you could buy that trim at menards or something that looks damn near the same so do you buy like the cheapest things you can find or do you go like middle ground depends but usually middle um this house we most recently did um 
like when I bought sinks, I spent a little bit extra to get the modern looking cool ones that sit like three inches on top of the on top of the counter of the sink and spent an extra 50 bucks on faucets and some of that makes a big difference it's like whoa this looks really cool compared to oh this looks normal so some of the things that you spend a little bit extra money on it looks it looks awesome and it appeals to buyers and they see that like oh that's really cool that's a unique looking sink that's a unique looking whatever so yeah sometimes it's worth spending a little extra to get that little extra of an edge instead of the standard looking cheap looking stuff yeah yep and yeah like um fans and like fans can make something look really nice like a nice fan Mm -hmm. um so we'll go like a medium like a medium range fan instead of just like the cheap shitty fan that you can just throw on there we try to do one that looks like modern and nice and pulls the house together didn't you just tell me the other day that you actually match all your, like, you get all new doorknobs, so they all match throughout the house? Oh. Usually, yeah. Yeah, usually, on, on flips at least. That's just, like, such the neatest detail that I, like, never thought of until you mentioned that. I've thought of, like, in this house, because it's bothered me that there's, like, 20 different doorknobs, um, but that's just my own personal house, but I would never have expected you to do it for a flip. Yeah, and it depends, like... Also, like we do, depending on the level of what we're doing, um, do new countertops in the kitchen and then match the countertops in the bathrooms too mm-hmm. on the vanities. So you got matching countertops throughout the house. Um, uh, little stuff. Uh, what is one thing you think everyone should update in their house? Like while they're living in it? Like if. They were like, you know what, I want to do just a little bit something. What should they update? Like a little DIY pod project? Yeah. Hmm. Do they have to do it themselves? No. I think something that can just completely transform a house with the least cost is paint. And have a... Like, um, we go to Sherwin-Williams... Go to Sherwin-Williams, you can get a color that you like. Um, get some swatches, try them out, whatever. And you can ask them, like, hey, who? what are the contractors that come in here? Who's decent price that you've heard good reviews on? Mm-hmm. Um, and just call them and get a quote. $2 a square foot, roughly, for painting, for material and labor. <clears throat> so $2 a square foot for... Uh, painting material and labor that that they'll give you a rough idea of what it'll cost and it will completely transform your house that i think is one reason why this house did not sell Um, because it was on the market for there's like six different colors to this house uh it was a complete rainbow because it was blue in the mudroom the kitchen was red the living room was green the hallway and stairwell were yellow Mm -hmm. the main bedroom was gray gray the bathroom is purple um, and then one of the rooms upstairs was aqua. Mm-hmm. It was awful. That's a little rowdy. That's way too many. Colors. It was way too much. Yeah. One other thing with painting to kind of transform a room. Um, our basement living room at my house. Um, when we moved in, it was just mm-hmm. white, like white ceiling, white walls. It was, I mean, it was a nice basement. You walked down there. Oh, look at this big open basement. Cool. But we just 
we took some chair rail that goes, I don't know, probably four feet up the wall or something like that, three feet up the wall, I don't remember how high. Put that all the way around the room and then did the white on top and then we did, I think it was like a dark gray or mm-hmm. like a matte black on the bottom and it's mm-hmm. like, holy man, that transformed the entire room from white to half black, half white, two-tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looked gorgeous. So. You still don't do blinds and curtains in your flips, right? Correct. Um, I told the boys not to do it because some people like curtains, some people like blinds. So when you're selling a house, it's just something that's expensive but just not worth it. Yeah, and and you never know. Yeah, like you could put something in and you got to drill holes for that stuff. So it's stuff that you... <laughs> If they want to change it, they're going to have to putty holes and stuff, and it's just kind of not worth it. Right. Right. But like rentals, you have to have blinds. Yeah. So we just put the cheap Menards white blinds in because chances are renters are probably going to wreck them anyways. And so they're just, five bucks to replace. Yeah. Yep. So get your blinds, put them back in. Um, oh, do you have something else to say? Uh, most likely with those blinds is you just pick up the blinds you need, go there and put them right back onto the mounts that are currently there. Right. So it's a pretty simple thing. She's acting like your dog. Yeah, she is. Chill. Um, last question. Okay. What is the most important thing you two have learned since starting this? Hmm. Most important thing. I would say you don't have to do everything yourself, and sometimes it's worth hiring stuff out. Ah, that was going to be mine. (laughs) That was going to be mine. Okay, that can be yours. Mine, go golf once in a while. (laughs) You have a little free time, go swing some sticks, hit some balls. Yeah, you guys got a fourplex that way, didn't you? What's that? Actually, yeah. Yeah. You guys got a fourplex that way. Yep, yep, yep. So... Yeah, no, it's uh, it's important. Go do that stuff. Go enjoy yourself a little bit. But, uh, yeah, definitely utilize people because the bigger you can make your team, the easier it is on you. I honestly can't believe how much of a difference it makes once you have a good relationship with a banker. Yeah. Yeah, make some good relationships. That's pretty key. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some before with, like, other bankers, but... We now have a really solid one who literally Sean can just text him the details and he'll be like, yep, sounds good. You're approved. Yeah, it's nice. Very, very nice. It's pretty nice. Very, very nice. Do you two have anything else to say about this? Um, We never did answer how much money you need and it's quite a bit or you need someone to fund you. Um, Getting into flipping... I feel like it's not a good business starter. I would highly, highly recommend if you want to get into flipping, start out by being a regular general contractor, start out working in construction, um, getting used to construction, stuff like that, learning how to run projects um, and running other people's projects before doing it for yourself. Because once you have to flip the bill for everything, it, it gets quite significant. Mm-hmm. Or if you know how to do all the work yourself, um, you can always find a partner to front all the money. If you don't want to front the money, mm-hmm. split the profits with them and go from there. Yep. Build from there. Do you, oh, I have another question. 
Do you need a degree for this? That was all the questions we we wanted yeah, today. So wow, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't need a degree for anything. Just kidding. Yes, you do. You need it for a lot, but you definitely don't need a degree for flipping houses. I I only asked it because that's been our uh, topic of the past couple of podcasts. Fuck school systems. <laughs> Kyle, our, our previous tutor episode was about the new uh, student loan forgiveness bill. Oh, yeah, my wife is not a fan of that. Because she spent her hard-earned money and paid off, you know, 30-plus thousand student loans in a very short amount of time. So she sees this as, oh, so I could have just kept that thirty grand, took a couple vacations, bought some stupid shit, go eat a thousand fancy meals... But instead, I did the responsible thing and paid off my student loans, and now people are just going to get theirs forgiven? Yeah. Not right. All I have to say... We should have had Katie on for that episode. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All I got to say is shame on Katie for being financially literate and responsible. Yeah, apparently. Shame on you. Okay. You two good? I'm done. Love it. I'm good. Well, thanks for coming today, Kyle. You're welcome. Anytime. It was a blast. I hope you two enjoyed my questions. Loved it. Love it. Well, that's all I got. Okay, thanks. Bye. See, see ya. See ya.